It's just that simple. Tell your neighbor, it is just that simple. Good to see all of you in the house of the Lord. You can be seated. Sweetheart, why did you uh, drop all over the floor there? What, what was it? Your earrings? No, no, paper. Oh, okay, okay. It's good to see my wife. I tell you what, I knew my wife was strong and tough and all of those things, but I really saw it down in Florida when she... Pulled a hamstring, glory to God, and is uh, mending up and just absolutely beautiful. Going from being at Disney World to being carried down two flights of uh, stairs on a stretcher. Give her a hand. She has done awesome. Now she's getting ready to go on a, how many, where are all you going? You want to tell the people where you're going? I know you're going to be here for one more Sunday, just one more Sunday? Two? Actually, yes, I, I fly on the 16th to Tulsa to meet up with Pastor Sharon, and then we fly out Tuesday morning real early for Hawaii. Hallelujah. And she's doing a service there, so I'll be playing for her in the service. And then uh, we go on to Australia, to Sydney, and she's doing a women's conference. We'll be doing that together. And then we fly to Perth in Australia and do another women's event plus a worship conference seminar and uh, and then we fly from there to Manila but we have to go through Indonesia to get to Manila hallelujah I don't know where all I'm I don't know I haven't got it all figured out yet but I'll just get on the plane and then we're in Manila we're going to a, a, one of the IVBIs the international VBIs that Victory has uh, about two hours away from Manila we're going to do a service there and then we're coming back and doing three services in the churches in Manila and then we fly home. So it's a three-week trip, so y'all can be praying for me. And when I fell, what I did, I tore all of the tendons and ligaments and, and, the, and that other, what's that called, the hamstring. And uh, I did the splits. How many of you know you should never do the splits uh, any time unless you've tried before? <laughs> I mean, I did it perfect. My son-in-law said that was a full split. It was. <laughs> She's had a good nurse. Oh, <laughs> glory to God, the best. The, the prescription is suck it up and move on. That's it. Stretch your hands out here. Father, we thank you for Pam. We thank you for the miraculous recovery she's had so far and that it's going to continue. Yes. And it's going to be perfected in every area in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. She's going to be able to drive her car tomorrow, too. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Romans, chapter 5. We're going to be reading there and talking about today how faith, excuse me, how hope will never, ever disappoint you. We're going to be talking about faith, but mainly hope today. Hope will never disappoint you. And if you understand this message, you'll realize that one of the most important things that you can do, other than worshiping God and loving God with all of your heart, and all of your mind, and all your soul, is to continually keep your hopes up. Every single one of us have had times when we have had our hope shattered, we've had our hope really hit hard, and we've started to lose hope and maybe lost hope in certain areas. But we've got to keep that hope up because it's the foundation for our faith. Speaking of hope, Larry and Melba just celebrated their 50th anniversary. We were not able to be here, but congratulations. Did you ever think that would happen, Larry? 50 years. Larry's taken 50 years to get Melba just about where he wants her. 
I'm reminded of this joke that I heard. It was it's kind of cute. These three guys had just gotten married. Uh, well, let me, in this world we live in today, these three in, guys had married their wives and and they were uh, just talking about what it's like to be uh, newly married. And two of the guys said, well, you know, it's important that you get control of your wife and that you, you know, you get that control right from the very beginning. So the one guy was talking about how he did it. And the other guy was sharing some things about how he did it. And the third guy was really quiet. And finally, they turned to the third guy and they said, hey, you haven't said a word. Uh, you know, uh, what do you do? He says, well, my wife crawls on her hands and knees to me. I says, really? Well, how did you do that? What did she say? He said, well, she got down on her hands and knees. She crawled up to me under the bed. She said, get out from under that bed and fight like a man. (laughs) And Melba said, I've got him just about where I want him. If you look in the. In the book, of, I really was impressed with my wife, though. We offered to come on back right from Disney to home here, and she said, nope, I'm going to make it. So I appreciate you, Pam. In Romans chapter 5, let me just set the stage here just for a moment before we read this. What we're going to read is how hope never disappoints. That's what it basically says. And that it's so important that we continually have our hope out there expecting with confident expectation God to make the difference. Now, hope is not faith, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But without hope as the foundation for faith, then we can waver in our walk with the Lord. Hope is knowing that God is always going to make the difference, and that this is what I am hoping that God's going to do And then we release our confidence in him, but yet we know that he will work it out sometimes differently than what we had hoped for, but we don't lose our hope in the process. How many of you realize that there are a lot of things in your life that you had hoped for, but they didn't work out the way you thought they would, but you saw God work it out? Can I see your hands? In other words, we we get our hopes up always But it doesn't always work out the way that we thought it would. And I'm going to share some examples of that in just a moment. But in the book of Romans, chapter, it starts out in verse 5, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and that. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. Now, the word hope, is confident expectation and anticipation, if you look that up. The word faith is the persuasion and conviction from God of truth, truthfulness of God, truth itself, assurance, belief, and fidelity. Now, we should live in a state of constant expectation and expecting God to always make the difference. But what happens sometimes 
Faith is, uh, a hope is multidirectional. When, when you need hope, you, you, you're hoping for God to do something, but you haven't necessarily heard what God is going to do. Does that make sense so far? In other words, you're, you're hoping that God is going to do, I hope God is going to bless me financially. I hope God is going to give me a home. I hope God's going to give me a car. I hope God's going to take care of the kids. I, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. We should always be in expectation and anticipation of what God's going to do. But sometimes we don't see it work the way we thought it would, but we then redirect our hope. Faith is like a laser. God said that settles the issue. I know what God said. I know what God spoke to me. That settles the issue. Hope is more general in nature. Years and years ago, and some of you have heard this story, I had gone through a, a situation with my first marriage. It ended in divorce, and I, I was standing for that, and I wasn't the good guy, and nobody was right. It takes two people to have an opportunity, and we had an opportunity, and it just didn't work out and tried for a long time to do that. My hope was that God would heal it. It never happened. It came to the point, and I never really had a specific word from the Lord regarding that marriage. But it came to a point once I got saved during that whole process, I felt like in the process I had a word and that word was, it's over, you need to move on. And I didn't want to hear that word because I knew that Divorce was not of God, but I also knew that sometimes you have to follow the leading of the Lord regardless of what you think. Your hope can be released for something to happen, but once you have a word from the Lord, you have faith. Does that make sense to you? Turn to your neighbor and say, so far, so good. And when I let go of that and I let go of that hope that I had in that situation, after a period of time went by, I was praying one day and I think, God, I, I'd like to get married again. I had hope. I was redirecting my hope. I'd like to get married again. I'd like to do it right this time. I'd like to have a family. And so my hope was re-energized when it had been crushed. And as I did that, God spoke to me in the middle of the night one night, about two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and gave me Pam's name. And over and over again, he gave me her name. And all of a sudden now, not only did I have hope in an area where I was releasing my hope, but now I had faith that I had a name. And I don't have time to go through the whole thing, but through a miraculous series of events, God spoke to Pam my name. Uh, we had, she was in the choir at First Assembly. And uh, I took my daughter, Deborah, out there, and she was just a young girl at the time. And I, I confided in, I don't know why, I got a 14-year-old daughter and I'm confiding in her. But I take her to church with me and, and, and I said, now, honey, I think God gave me uh, this person's name. And I'm kind of new at this and I was trying to explain it to her. She said, oh, let's go. I want to see her. And I said, well, she's kind of pretty. I saw her up in the choir once and I didn't really know who she was. So she was singing in the choir that day and my daughter's with me and afterwards we, we come out and she didn't really know me. She knew who I was. I didn't really know her, but she walked by us and I said hi and she said hi and my daughter nudged me in the ribs and she said, why didn't you ask her out, dad? And I said, oh, no, no, no. And she said, I'll tell you why. And I said, why? And she said, because you're a chicken. <laughs> but God orchestrated it and brought it all to pass supernaturally, and I don't have time to explain all that, but I believe 
that a lot of that had to do with I never let go of my hope. I knew God could do it, but I didn't know if he wanted to. Does that make sense to all of you? I didn't know if he was going to let me be married again. But then when he entered into the picture, now my hope became faith because I knew he could do it. Let's all say it. God can do anything. How many of you believe God can do anything? So our hope is always in God doing it, fully knowing that I will stand and I'll rest in my hope. But I know that eventually God will show me and give me a word or God will do whatever he knows he wants to have for me. See, it's very important that we understand this, that God does not work for us. We work for him and he knows our hopes and our desires, but he also has a plan for our life. He knows where you're going to go and whatever it is that you have need of in your life. Don't let go of your hope because once you do, it will start to erode all of your faith. Every single one of us have hope for things in our life that we really were believing and hoping for, but it didn't come to pass. But something else did that was even better than that. And sometimes when things happen, we, we don't understand them. I, I remember praying for this one person. He's a minister and he just was really instrumental in my life. And, uh, and we were hoping that he would be healed. I never had a word from the Lord about his healing other than standing on the written word of God. It says by his stripes we are healed. But we also know that you have to have current manna from God. Not just selectively taking a scripture and pulling it out, but seeking God. The most important thing in my life next to this Bible is my prayer journal. The things that God has shown me that I believe is what God is speaking to me, that activates my faith. I hope for a lot of things, but I don't always have a current word from God in those things. But I know that I know that I know what I'm hoping for. And I know that if I don't let go of my hope, God's going to weigh in on that situation. And in this particular case, we're praying for this individual's healing. And uh, and I was in Washington and saw them and 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 went up and, and just began a conversation with them. And as I was talking to this individual, th- this word came into my spirit. This is the last time that you'll see him before heaven. And I just began to weep because that's not what I was hoping for. I was hoping that he would be healed. I was trying to stand on the word of God, but it just didn't happen the way I had hoped. Now my hope is I'm going to see him when I get to heaven. He's alive. He's well. He's been totally healed. So I'm not going to let it suppress my hope. If you aren't ready for some things not working out the way you think they should, your hope can be deferred or crushed. And Proverbs 13, 12 says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. That's that. Multi-directional is my word, but that's that multi-directional. This is what I'm hoping for. It didn't work out that way. Now I got to get my hopes back up again on something else the way it's going to work out because that way didn't work out. Does that make sense to everybody? In other words, we always are going to have hope. Why? Because hope 
never disappoints. Now, it sounds like a contradiction in words to say, wait, I'm hoping for that and it didn't work out. So what am I going to hope for something else? Because that something else is not going to disappoint you. We're always hoping for something that is out there. Every single one of us have areas in our life that didn't work out quite the way we had hoped they would. And what happens then is that we get to the point when we don't live like the world lives. The world, what is the expression of the world? Don't get your hopes up. You've heard that. How many of you have heard that expression? Don't get your hopes up. What people are saying, they're not bad meaning people at all. What they're basically saying is, I don't want you to be disappointed. No, it's just contrary to that. We always want to have our hopes up so we can be everything God's called us to be. I love sports, basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Years ago, I used to play basketball and baseball a lot, and especially in the service. And uh, and how many of you guys have played basketball? You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about you get in the zone. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, there's just something about getting in the zone. And my, my two of our grandkids, Jack and Carter, love to play basketball. They are on the basketball hoops all the time. Got a basketball goal in the front yard. So Carter, Jack is very humble. And if you can beat Jack at something and he's okay. If he wins, he's okay. No, no big deal. Carter, he's, he hasn't developed that gift yet. Uh, he is the competitor. He is a competitor. Best out of five, best out of ten. No, we're going best out of twelve. You know, he's, he, he's, he's got that ferociousness to win. Ferociousness? That's not a word, is it? I don't know. There's a, there's a word, but I can't think of it. Anyway, he likes to win. So we pulled up and, and we had been in Florida. And, and uh, so they're they're out there and, and, and they say, hey, we used to play horse. And he said, hey, come on, Pop, let's play pig. I guess he thought I'd been away for a while and I could only handle pig. I don't know. But anyway, if you know what I'm talking about. So we're playing pig. And so uh, he, he and Jack, uh, Carter won the first game and uh, I finished third. And second game, I finished third. And I said, no, wait a minute, guys. I, said, I just drove 16 hours to get here from Florida. I'm, I'm tight. I just need to practice for a while. So I just practiced for a while and got everything going. I said, OK, I felt pretty good. I felt like I was ready. I said, now we'll play for the world's championship. So if you ever wondered, the world's championship was played recently at Carter's house. <laughs> The world's championship of pig. Well, Carter jumped on that right away. Yeah, that's right, Pop. The world's championship. You know, he's just puffed up and ready to go. And Jack, too. Well, Carter uh, uh, wiped out Jack real quick. So just Carter and I one-on-one. And uh, all of a sudden, I got in that zone. Now, I only saw two hands. So if you, so if you don't know what I'm talking about... Uh, if you get in the zone on the basketball court, it doesn't matter what you throw up there. It's going in. And all of a sudden, that net started going whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. But it wasn't Carter. It was me. <laughs> and he was getting a P. And then I saw him just like that, you know. And he got a P.I. like that. And a P.I.G. And all of a sudden, it's like, I have just won the world's championship. <laughs> and... Uh, he said, come on, let's go one more time. And I said, nope, I got to go home. <laughs> so I, I got in the car and went home. And I took the chance. <laughs> now, I know he's going to be waiting on me out there <laughs> because he doesn't handle that well. <clears throat> one of my heroes in sports, uh, as far as their ability to play the game, is Michael Jordan. Whether Michael Jordan is the best player that ever played the game or not is 
is subject to opinion. Uh, most people now say LeBron James is, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. They're different eras, different types of ball players. But uh, but there's no question Michael Jordan was and is a great basketball player. And uh, this is the plaque. I have two plaques in my office that I just love. One is by Babe Ruth. It says, never fear striking out. Babe Ruth uh, at one time was the all-time leading home run hitter, 60 home runs, 714 total. And, uh, but he also led the league in strikeouts more than anybody else. And uh, but he said, I'm never afraid to strike out. But this is a quote by Michael Jordan. I may have shared this once before in, the, in church here. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the winning game shot, and I missed. I've failed over and over and over in my life. That is why I succeed. Failure doesn't make you a failure. Failing doesn't make you a failure. Not shooting makes you a failure. Many times a coach or somebody goes cold on a basketball team, they'll pull them out because the, the players stop shooting. They start passing the ball instead of shooting. And if he's a shooting guard or whatever, you don't want him to stop shooting. You want him to keep shooting until he makes it because that's your role. You and I have the ability to accomplish a lot. There isn't a single person here tonight, this, this morning. There isn't a single person here this afternoon. I'll get it right in a minute. When you're laying on the beach and you don't know what time it is or what day it is, Pamela Pam said, what time is it? I said, I have no idea, and I, I like it that way. <laughs> this afternoon, every single one of us have failed somewhere. We've fallen somewhere. Either you caused it, somebody else caused it, something has happened in your life. You can stay where you are, and you can take control of your life, or you can open yourself up again and say, you know what? The next shot's going in. And if the next shot goes in, praise God. If it doesn't, shoot it again and shoot it again and shoot it again. Because you'll eventually start scoring. You'll eventually start making it. And if you don't lose your hope, you'll be able to be everything that God has called you to be. I think about Gideon in the wine press when God showed up and said, you mighty man of valor. Up until then, I would imagine Gideon hoped for a better life. It doesn't say that specifically in the Bible. I know that. But how many of you realize if you're sweeping the floor of the wine press, you probably are hoping for a better life? I believe he probably hoped for more than he had. But when the Lord showed up, he had a word. The angel came and said, you are a mighty man of valor. And he tried to reason it away by thinking about his family line. But God had another plan. Tell your neighbor, God's got a plan for you. And if you will not hold back, if you will let go and be willing to do whatever God shows you, holding your hope in place, knowing that it's the foundation for your faith, even though something happened that didn't work out, you turn right around and you get your hope right back up again. And you say, you know what? This time it's going to work. This time it's going to work. This time it's going to work. I remember when when uh, we were out there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm, I'm sure over the years I've shared this, but at, at one time, Billy Joe Doherty was, uh, had that ministry. He, he, he wanted to build an air dome, and he realized later on that was just a hope he had. He wanted to build an air dome, and he thought God was in it. And he bought all the material for the air dome. And the min- anyway, long story short, the ministry is $3 million in debt. He was awakened in the middle of the night one night and God spoke to him and said, that was not my plan. I did not 
call you to do that. He had listened to some people who said, this is a tremendous opportunity. How many of you know that there are a lot of people that like to input into your life and they're trying to input good things, but they're not necessarily the thing that you need to be entertaining. Thank God for input. But, but, but he entertained those things, and he had shared with me one time, some, some of us, one time after that, that in a meeting, that, that he had listened to other voices. And he wasn't trying to pass the buck. That was not the kind of guy he was. He was just saying he had listened to other people. It was a good deal. It felt right at the time. He had hope for it, and he went for it. And the bottom line was ended up $3 million in debt. Realized he'd made a mistake, identified the mistake, sold the place. God sent Sam Walton by, gave him $3,100,000 once they had realized that he had made a mistake. And now the ministry went from a $3 million debt to $100,000 in the bank overnight, just like that. That's what happens when you get your hope up and realize that I'm trying to get God to bless what I want, and God's not in it. He wants me to go a different direction. And that happens to many of us many times if we'll understand how hope works. It's not that God is working for us, but we're working for Him. I shared this about Joel Osteen. On the way back, I did the same thing in the first. On the way back from Florida, Pam flew back. Uh, because of, of her thing there. And uh, so I drove back alone, which didn't bother me at all. Had uh, peanut butter jelly sandwiches, Diet Coke, and uh, uh, I had uh, uh, Cirrus radio in the car. Uh, so that meant I had Elvis uh, 24-7. Uh, that meant I had Joel Osteen 24-7. And that meant I had Fox News. You talking about being in heaven. I was blessed. I just went back and forth. I listened to Joel's sermons constantly on there along with all the rest of it. I don't know how spiritual all the other two were, but but anyway, I had all of them. But anyway, that's where I got Joel. But I, I'm talking about John Osteen. John Osteen had shared one time that how his dad, that, that he would just plead and plead for God to, to anoint his plan and, and to anoint it so he could accomplish what he did. And he said one day God spoke to him and said, John, 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 you don't need me to anoint your plan. You just need to find out what my plan is. My plan is already anointed. All you have to do is follow what I'm telling you to do. And, and you won't have to pray so hard, John. You just implement what needs to be done. You, you and I have a God that loves us and wants to bless us. I, I, I pray and, and see disappointment can, can steal your hope. So I have to watch myself over our nation. I don't believe God is finished with America, but I am really disappointed in the direction our nation is going. And I believe many of you are too. But we can't lose our hope. We have to do what we can. By the way, I, I have been requested by Christians United for Israel, Pastor Hagee's uh, office, that uh, we need to meet with, with Senator Donnelly. Senator Donnelly is going to be one of the key players in this Iran deal that is already been approved by the president. It's been approved by the United Nations. And we believe the Senate and the House is going to reject it and uh, that it will go to the president for his signature or his veto. We believe any agreement with the nation of Iran that would allow them to have nuclear weapons is bad for the world. It is bad for the Middle East. It is certainly bad for Israel. And it is bad for America because they have intercontinental ballistic missiles now. 
If any of you know Senator Donnelly personally, would you contact me after the service? Because I would like to talk with you. But we believe that he has always been a supporter of Israel and that he can still continue to be a supporter of Israel. And uh, we're hoping that he'll stand up against what is going to be insurmountable Uh, but potentially insurmountable odd. Now, the world says get your hopes up, but we say that we get our hopes up. And uh, there's a story that I I wanted to share with you about Joshua, because in in the Word of God, uh, actually, let's turn there. Let me read it to you. It's John chapter 16. I've been sharing this scripture a lot concerning the time frame that we live in, because We live in a time frame right now where you need current manna. You need to hear what God is speaking regarding our country, regarding your family, regarding your direction, your future. And John 16, 13 says, however, when the spirit of truth has come. Now, remember, we talked about faith. Faith is the persuasion and conviction from God of truth truthfulness of God, truth itself, assurance, belief, and fidelity. When the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. In other words, he will show us, he will show us what we need to do, and he will give us the direction. Hebrews 10.23 says, don't let go of your confession of hope. I'm hoping for the best. Matter of fact, let's all say this. I'm hoping for the best. Need to get into a habit of saying that. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for healing. I'm hoping for finances. I'm hoping for America that the best days are yet ahead. I'm hoping that Israel will make it. Only thing we can find for sure in the Bible is that Israel is going to make it. I'm hoping for Israel. I'm hoping for the peace in the Middle East. I'm hoping for all these things. But then somewhere we have to have the current manna of the Holy Spirit. This is what God is saying. I was in when we were recently in Washington and I'm sitting in this meeting and they're talking about uh, uh, Iran and and the situation. And, And I'm just sitting there listening, taking notes. And all of a sudden I hear something that just absolutely I'm not even going to share it with you, but it absolutely is like, oh, my goodness. Is that God? But I wrote it all down. How many of you know you know what you hear? Can I see your hand? Let's just say, I know what I hear. All you have to do then is is determine, is that God or not of God? I better put this one on the shelf right now. Well, this one is one that went on the shelf. I haven't told anybody other than my wife. And I said, honey, don't, don't tell this to anybody. But I said, this is what I believe God just spoke into my spirit. And I, I wrote it down. I showed it to her. I said, I, 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 it, it, if it happens, it's awful, hopeful, and tragic all at the same time. Now, God knows what he's doing. And God has always stood up for Israel. I, I know this. I have total faith that no matter what happens in the Middle East, God is going to take care of Israel. I am hoping that God is going to take care of America. But we're going to have to change our ways. We're going to have to change our direction. I got a call from a regional director for CUFI, and he said that the things that are happening recently with Planned Parenthood, with with the uh, uh, treaty over there, with the relationship with Iran, are putting ourselves in the crosshairs of God's judgment. And he said, 
I pray that that will not happen. And I said, you know, I do too. I said, I believe God still wants to use America in this world today. I really do. I believe he still wants us to be that bright light to the world. He said, well, I appreciate your optimism, but if he doesn't judge America, then he might have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, what he was doing was quoting Ruth Graham, who before she went on to be with the Lord, had made that statement that if America keeps going in that direction, I have to be careful because I can really get disappointed over where this nation was back in the 40s and 50s and 60s and where it is today. And you can really get disappointed and you can start to quench your hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. We need a bunch of people with hope in this country saying, you know what? We're going the wrong direction, but we're going to change directions. God's going to weigh in, take care of it, get rid of all the bad guys and bring in some good guys. Guys are not our problem. Our problem is we need to repent. We need to pray. We need to turn to God. And when we do, it'll be just like the Revolutionary War. When they got on their knees and prayed and battle after battle after battle after battle was eventually won because we had a nation that wanted to give glory to God. And I want to bring it all down to this as we conclude. Jericho, uh, excuse me, uh, Joshua was one of my heroes in the Old Covenant. He's one of the the finest leaders that ever lived, in my opinion. And I just really think a lot of, of, of Joshua. And when Joshua was finally appointed and God told him to meditate the word day and night, he was not talking about the written word. He was talking about the current word that God was giving him. Joshua didn't have a Bible carrying around with him, meditating what God wanted him to do. And God knew or God spoke to Joshua that everywhere he went, he would possess the land. So when they came into Joshua, Joshua had great hope. They were going to possess uh, the land. He had faith because God told him to. So as he came into the land, The hope in Joshua was great. But when he got to the outskirts of the land, God began to speak to him. Now, it doesn't say specifically, did did Joshua spend time with God or did God intervene in Joshua's life? But knowing Joshua's history, I believe Joshua said, God, we're at the outskirts of of Jericho. What do you want us to do? And God spoke to Joshua, who had great hope he was going to take Jericho, but he told Joshua exactly how he wanted it done. Joshua implemented the plan because now not only did he have hope to take the land, he had faith because he knew exactly how God wanted it done. And the rest is history. The walls came down, they went in, they took everything, and they were victorious in that whole situation. So now Joshua comes in to his next battle. And if we're not careful, we can lose our hope along the way of starting to do things in the arm of the flesh, which does not work. You can't take the things of the spirit and put it in the arms of the flesh and try to get God to do it your way. Sharon Doherty said Elvis Presley's song, My Way, is what you say of the devil of the devil. I have to correct her. The song has terrible lyrics. I have rewritten the song. All of us, let me see the hands of all the people used to do it your way. And now three hands went up. Liar, liar. (laughs) Now we do it his way. We can keep the song the same, but we change the words. But now I know I've done a lot of regrets. Now I can do it his way. But here's what happened in the second battle. He went up. And, and just like happens to many of us, the people said, listen, 
they are not strong. There are not a lot of people there. Let's not weary our people. Let's just send up a few men in the battle of Ai. And Joshua went along with the program. He had faith. He, excuse me. He had hope to believe they were going to take Ai. But he did not have the plan of God. He did not have the current word of God. And they were soundly defeated. And when Joshua came back and cried out to God and God showed him, hey, you got sin in the camp. Achan did things he shouldn't have done. You didn't consult me. And I know it doesn't say that exactly. You didn't consult me. I believe that's exactly what God was saying. You went up there yourself to do that thing and you didn't do what needed to be done. Now I'm going to show you how to do it. Now his hope has to be re-energized because he had lost hope in that first battle at Ai. But now his hope had to be re-energized. But now he had the word of God and the plan of God and the strategy. He did it and they conquered Ai. And the rest of his life, they were victorious because he put God first. If you hold on to your hope, and you know what you're hoping for. I'm hoping for this situation to change. I'm hoping for my kids to do better. I'm hoping for Matt to come off drugs in spite of what I see. I'm hoping for this. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. You are full of hope all the time. That is an easy conduit for the Word of God to flow into you and get your faith. And it says in the Word of God, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Let's stand to our feet. There are great things ahead for each and every one of you. It doesn't matter how many times you fall, you get back up. Your hope has to be directed on something. What is it today that you're hoping for? Let it flow. But also, I want to pray today in just a moment for people that maybe have lost hope. That there are areas in your life where it seems like that hope was crushed where you had it out there, but it just, things changed. We've all been there. We've all been in those situations. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? I want to ask you the most important question you will ever answer. Do you know today that if you died, you would go to be with Jesus? If you're here today and you're not sure, let this be the day that you give your heart to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're like that prodigal son, that prodigal daughter. You know that you have walked away from the things of God. I have good news for you. God loves you. God loves you just like you are. But he wants to change you. He wants to bring you into the family and back home. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you've described me, I, I know my life is not right. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand and we're going to pray for you. We'll take just a moment. I see your hand over here. I see your hand back there, yes. Are there others? You'd say, I, I know my life is not right with God, but I, I want it to be. Wait just a moment. Let the Holy Spirit move. Lord, you know every person here today. You know those people that are walking away from you. And you're bringing them home by your Spirit. Before we pray, anyone else, you say, 
I need prayer. I know I'm not right with God. Hallelujah. Young lady, all the way back there in the back, I'm going to ask you to come on down here with me. Give her a hand as she comes. One more over on this side. Give her a hand as she comes to Yeah. Father, we thank you for these ladies. We thank you for the, for the plan, for the purpose that you have for their life. Lord, we thank you that your will and your plan has never changed. And I thank you that today is a day of new beginnings. Let's all pray this prayer together right now. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. I've sinned and I've made mistakes. But today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart. Take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you. Now, Father, I thank you that all of the plans and purposes you have for these ladies will come to pass. You can hold steady right here for a moment. Thelma, just come down here. I want to pray for every person right there where you are for time's sake here. But sometimes I know what it's like to have your hopes crushed. It does make your heart sick. It affects your whole body. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you've been through a situation or maybe in a situation where your hopes have been crushed. But we want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? If you're here and you say, Pastor, you just describe me. I feel my hopes have been crushed in certain areas. Can I see your hands? Let's lift them real high, real high. Now, believers, look around you at all the hands that are raised. I want you to quickly go to somebody. Over here, we have quite a few on this side, right over there in the center section, back here, over here. Yeah. You might have to come out of your area uh, for those. Yeah. Now, Father, we thank you for every hand that is lifted. Lord, we bind discouragement that comes from the devil, and we loose the power of God. It may be a hurt and it may be a pain, but you can walk it out and you can come through it and that your hope can be redirected again. And that thing that you have been hoping for, that thing that you have been praying for, may not come to pass the way you had hoped, but you will be able to redirect your hope. The Lord is with you. He's going through it with you. He will give you fresh manna. And he will heal your broken heart. We speak it. We decree it in the name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed said, let's give the Lord a hand. Tell those people around you, get your hope up. Go and be blessed.